and he's ready to go. Noodle on his left, Jess on his right. Hey, hold up, don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret, he's wearing shorts. It's time for waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. What is going on, Bakers? Hope everyone had a gobble gobble. Happy Thanksgiving. I put on six pounds. Checked that out yesterday. Uh, always exciting to see where that number lands. Uh, a lot of key lime pie found its way into my belly. Didn't know how big of a fan of that I was, so that's bad news for the rest of my life. Um, it's fun to learn new things about yourself. Yeah, always learning. I hope you guys, uh, I hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving and we get back into the the kind of malaise that is December between Thanksgiving to Christmas as we figure out and basically you get everything in order you need until until that first week of January and then you kind of start a new life again. So uh, with that, hopefully MLB free agency really starts to go. We did have a couple signings. We're going to talk about that. Um, and yeah, as football, the playoff picture starts to figure itself out and even college football had a I feel like had everybody's interest during Thanksgiving. But let's talk about uh, the two big MLB free agent signings that happened. Mike Clevenger, Sunshine, he will be going to your Chicago White Sox. The Mid-Sox from last year, uh, they add a guy to their rotation. And man, good for the White Sox. Uh, They get Clevenger. Last year, he was... Not great. He wasn't Mike Clevenger. He was 114 innings, 91 strikeouts. That was his lowest K per nine in his career. Um, His whip uh, is actually kind of along his career average, but uh, this was his first year back. He got uh, uh, Tommy John. He was out. Uh, He comes back. He throws 22 starts, and again, 114 innings. So for a lot of these guys, getting that arm strength built up and getting back into the rhythm, you know, you're going to gain as you go, and that's why he took a one-year contract. Uh, Beeb said what we know is there's one-year eight mil guaranteed. We're assuming it's incentive-laden. The numbers still aren't out yet. You wonder how incentive-laden it is because, you know, just thinking back to Noah Syndergaard uh, in his one-year, like, you know, didn't he get one year for 22 from the Angels, something like that? Yeah, he declined the 18-ish qualifying and and got one for, I think, think 21. And kind of similar profiles. I mean, Clevenger, when he was at his best, he was really good. A 3-3-9 ERA career. Um, You know, this is the first year he's had an ERA plus, other than his rookie year, outside of the 140s or higher. I I mean... He's a special... Stat guy. 2018 through 2020, 61 starts. So, you know, 2020 is the shortened season, and that's when he ends up uh, getting hurt. But 61 starts, so you're looking at basically two full seasons, a 2.91 ERA. Uh, this guy was lights out. So, uh, White Sox take a bet on him uh, to come back. And, by the way, with that White Sox rotation, which, again, Cease, Lynn, Giolito, Kopech, and now Clevenger... Um, you know, Clevenger being able to be the fourth or fifth guy in that rotation while he, in theory, can get better as the season goes on, feels like a good landing spot for him. Uh, the White Sox as a whole are going to be fun as we try to digest how bad they were last year into, again, how good they should be. And their lineup has some more holes than you'd expect, especially with Jose Abreu being out now, um, or being currently a free agent. We'll see if he comes back. But they've got some spots between second base, corner outfield, uh, where will Andrew Vaughn slate in. The the lineup still has a lot to figure out. I think that was a big problem, why they were so inconsistent. They just never fully got it from their offense, Um, along with a lot of injuries in their bullpen. So we'll see what that looks like come next year. But uh, let's see where the numbers actually land on Clevenger, because what we currently know... Feels a little low in my head, uh, so it's either got to be very incentivized or who knows, it, it's got to be a funky one. He's a guy that definitely had multiple-year offers, but kind of like we talked about with Cody Bellinger, 
I think the one-year option is probably the way for him to go. Feels good. He wanted that. Good for him. To, he can reset his market and in one year at least get what he was what he probably has on the table. I like what this all where where it fits for the White Sox. I think every every report is that their payroll probably isn't going to go up from where it was. Um Abreu's off the books for now. Seems like just will be off the books. Uh Vaughn I think is going to slide in at first. It's his natural spot. So for him for to be eight eight-ish million, maybe a little more seems to where he can potentially be a very, very, very high-end guy. Good gamble. Interested to see what they do with Vaughn. I know, you know, first base, he can play there. Um, He's been looking for a position, so maybe that is the solution. And they, man, they have some holes. Right field, second base, even DH. I know Gavin Sheets took a step, but. um, So that's that's the first kind of, I don't know, Mike Clevenger. He was a guy that if, if he was great this year, we'd be talking about, uh, hundreds of millions. So the fact that the White Sox get to ch- take a chance on him for one year, um, and you know he's he's going to be pitching in the Central, which is good for a lot of pitchers, uh, along a good pitching staff and a, a good pitching coach. So uh, let's see how that looks for him. The other uh, free agent signing that came from over this, and you know we're less than a week away from winter meetings, so I, I expect baseball free agency to really kick into gear. We haven't. We haven't seen too, too much yet. Not a lot of people emptying, emptying their hands yet. Um, I don't think anybody's go button's been fully pressed. Teoscar's the big one so far. But yeah, that was, that was a fun trade. Angel's doing stuff. And by the way, as you're matching your teams in free agency, why don't you get match five? Uh, the easiest game on the planet to play. My words, and they're actually kind of the words in here, because it's so easy to play. The card that I have with me right now, name five ways people annoy you during conversation. That's tricky. Um, I guess if they really don't pay attention, like that would annoy me. If they say the same word a lot, I don't same know. Word a lot. That's a tough card. Yeah. Annoy you in conversation. What if they like swish their drink? I have no Lisp. idea. And I would have to match with BBD or whatever friends and family or whoever you want to play with. Uh, it's super easy. It's great for the holidays. Get it in time for Christmas. Save yourself a couple awkward conversations with the family. And you'll save 15% when you use code JOMBOY at Match5, the number 5. Match5trivia.com. Save 15% by entering coupon code JOMBOY. Thanks, Match5. The other guy who got matched, Carlos Santana. How's your veteran Pirates signing Plug and play, baby. Uh, one year, six mil, 6.4, something like that. Um, and we've seen the Pirates now do this with a, a veteran or two each year, uh, whether you're talking about uh, Perez behind the dish last year, uh, Quintana with his pitching resurrection in their rotation last year. Uh, and Carlos Santana, man, I, I think you can slot him in as a, a DH, can play first base if you need it. He's, I mean, he's 36 going on 37 now. They also got G-Man, uh, yeah, remember couple, that. So couple first base DH types So right, they've brought in. Right now, top of their lineup, O'Neal Cruz, Brian Reynolds, Key Brian Hayes, G-Man Choi, Carlos Santana, looking, looking kind of raisish at the top of that lineup. Uh, Jack Sawinski, we'll see if he can tap into some of his power a little bit. Obviously, our Pirates are a little bit away. Miguel Andujar on that team. <laughs> they brought in Luan Diaz, too, uh, another first baseman. They were really trying to address that. Uh, so, what does it mean for the Pirates? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they get a veteran. I like that. I do like when these young teams trying to figure it out have veterans that try to show them the ropes in the right way and how to carry yourself and the work ethic and the routine. I mean, Stephen Vogt uh, with the athletics last year when he was, uh, you know, putting in a full catching session the day before he was retiring and he was talking about the honor and the privilege that he gets to do that. Uh, Carlos Santana uh, is well-liked. Uh, 12 years of service time is crazy. And I don't know how much this will affect him, but I guess we're going to find out with a lot of players next year. But supposedly he's a guy that would get help by the shift getting removed. Um, you know, a switch hitter, but a pull lefty switch hitter. So will that create a couple more base hits for him? Uh, because, you know, uh, Carlos Santana, a lot of you probably remember, you know, prime Carlos Santana was a baller baller. He's got 32.8 career war, 
Um, you know, he had a couple seasons, 2016, 2017. He was a 260 hitter. Um, since then, the batting average has really, I mean, 2019, he hit 281. Uh, since then, the batting average has been a lot closer to 200, 207. So still a 323 on base. So he's getting on base. There's hints of power there. Um, you know, obviously in the twilight of his career, uh, the fact he gets a job is a good sign. And uh, yeah, like some of those shift numbers, teams will think they can hack into that. And hey, if the Pirates end up having a little fun next year, they can be Orioles-esque from this year. Cool. You got a veteran in Carlos Santana. Seems more than likely that he's going to be a guy that gets traded at the deadline. Will it be traded for a real prospect? Probably not. Um, but I don't know. Uh, good, good for the Pirates. Happy for him. It seems like between him and G-Man, couple, just couple vets who have done a decent amount, different degrees. Santana's has a lot of playoff runs. So does G-Man at this point, actually, with the Rays. But uh, and then I think optimally for them, at least one of them plays well enough to get like a nice deadline return. Yeah, and I mean, you'd have to lean G-Man. I mean, when when G-Man's played, he's thirty-one. He's had some injuries, but he's he's been pretty good. Um, Carlos Santana in the middle of that Pirates lineup. I don't know. Uh, their their season is going to hang in the balance of O'Neill Cruz, Brian Reynolds, Key Brian Hayes. But if you're Carlos Santana, I mean, maybe him, uh, him and O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz is 24 years old. He's a freak like we haven't seen on a baseball field. If Carlos Santana can be the veteran, throw his arm around in presence, teach him the ropes, teach him the right way to go about it every day, and Carlos Santana can help make O'Neill Cruz a better day-in, day-out ball player, then that $6 million has been the best spent money the Pirates organization has used in a long time. We will see if any of it matters. Uh... The Pirates' outlook for this season still not looking great. Uh, those are the baseball signings. Like I said, hopefully uh, the top starts to blow off soon. We need that first big name to drop. I don't know who it is. I don't know if they're waiting for Judgy. Have we even gotten like a good rumor, like a good sniff? Not really. Not fully. I mean, Ver- Verlander's the only guy that's had a yeah. decent amount of uh, chatter around him. But as far as like... A- you know, a bunch of teams involved and kind of what he's looking for. But, yeah, there's usually a few tiers that, like, the top guy of each tier has got to sort of set a market and it'll go. Drop, or sometimes the second guy in the market will, will drop just because they they're not even competing with the first guy. <laughs> Let's see. Let's get it going. Uh, or, if it's not this week, winter meetings is in a week, and that, that would be actual go time. But I, uh, I like to think it's been a little too quiet been a little too quiet that i i think we're gonna get one of the big guys soon so uh with that let's go over to football hey a little breaking news from the baseball world jose abreu signs with the astros not the biggest shocker some easy connect the dots here they go from yuli guriel at first base uh older cuban ball player they'll bring in jose abreu uh, older Cuban ball player, a couple years younger than Yuli. Again, underappreciated uh, some of the stuff he was doing at his age. I wonder what he's going to do. He should go to the White Sox. Just call it a clean trade. Yeah. Here you go. Guy for guy. Uh, here's what you need to know. Uh, Houston Astros will be in the ALCS. <laughs> Told you that on every and any forum. I will say this. The contract, I was a little taken aback. Three for 60. Did you see the final number? No. It's essentially three for 60. It's three for 58 and a half. Okay. It doesn't, doesn't actually matter, but just so you know. Either way, uh, Jose Abreu, to quote uh, Liar Liar, Simmons is old. Uh, Jose Abreu, he's going to be 36. 36, 37, 38. I mean, the guy is still playing really good baseball. He had one of his better years last year, even though the home runs were down. Uh, the doubles were up. The OPS Plus was his second highest over the last five years. Um, he's received MVP votes the last four years. In the current, this is a huge upgrade for uh, the Houston Astros. I guess what I'm interested to see, he's going to be in the middle of the lineup. He's an upgrade from what Yuli Gurriel was last year. Um, I had alluded, I forget if it was here 
I, it was talking baseball because I had people I tweet at me that I was like, doesn't this make sense? The Astros have a hole at first base. Yuli's out. There wasn't a ton of first baseman. It had to be when Rizzo resigned or something like that. Yeah, right around there. I, our guys were trying to look in the free agent preview app, you know. But, I mean, uh, he had a four-war season last year, 304 batting average, 378 on base. Um, he will slot towards the middle of that lineup if you want to put him between Jordan and Kyle Tucker. Good luck there. Um, if they want to do whatever they want to do, Altuve, Bregman, Jordan, Jose Abreu, Kyle Tucker, Jeremy Pena. Um, the one thing that is uh, interesting to me, and I, I want to see what they do, Jose Abreu did uh, play less games, uh, or he started playing less games at first base. He played 128 last year, which, I mean, that's still a full season. Yeah. I mean, that's still... If a guy does that, that's an everyday player. He played 29 games at DH. You think it's more a faction, a factor of just what their roster was and, I don't know, get Vaughn some at-bats? I, I wonder if they're going to add another potential person to play first base or maybe if they feel like there's someone on that roster who can take some of the day-to-day. Because, I mean, just think about that. 29 games at DH, you know, you're you're taking a a game a week off Give or playing take, first game base. And a half a week. Something mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, and they and they have him for three years. They're invested in his. Right. And he's going to get closer to DH than he is. And I mean, Jordan DH is sometimes. He also plays a fine outfield. Will, will there be some talks about him as a first baseman? I feel like they already did some of that. And I don't I'm sure think pe- it works. I'm sure people will always talk. but Which is so messed up because we just see big, big body and we're like, he could probably. He probably played first base. No, he's he's never played first. I'm I'm gonna rule all that out. I'm I guess I'm wondering what the next move for them is. I, I wonder if it's a guy who could play corner outfield and first base, because right now they're outfield uh outfield listed is Kyle Tucker, Chaz McCormick, and Jake Myers. Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick are two young players. Uh Chaz McCormick showed his worth in the postseason. Remember that game winning catch against the wall? Um and he hit all postseason too. Uh, Jake Myers got hurt. Uh, he's still 26 years old. Houston believes in him, and if Houston believes in a young player, they've been good for the past, I don't know, seven years. Uh, but it does feel like there would be room for someone to play some corner outfield, DH, play first base, get Jose Abreu off their feet, get Jordan off their feet. I mean, maybe it's Michael Brantley coming back. And maybe. I was going to say... Like, I was, I've been cycling in my head. Like, does this make Brantley more or less likely to return? And, and yeah, I think I've landed on, like, neither. But still very possible he's back. Because if Jordan's already out there, get him in there. Whatever. All three of them cycle around DH days and you figure it out. I, I, I think the other thing that is big information to come from this is that uh, I think it's going to be a good year to be a free agent, man. Um, Jose Abreu, hey, he can still ball. I know he's older, but we'd also seen him past year. The old guys get iced out a little bit. Um, he can ball to a certain extent. He was going to be fine. I, I think if you had us guess, we probably would have said like a two-year deal. So, I mean. Yeah. Is like is Rizzo upset he didn't get a third guarantee now? I don't know about upset. He's happy to be with the Yankees, of course. But, but no, that's a great point. I mean, you know, what Rizzo and... Abreu aren't super far off and what they did last year. I think I think we yeah. would end up voting Abreu like on, here on, on the, the whole. whole. Like Abreu, yeah, a tick up, but similar and similar ballpark factors get Abreu into Minute Maid, Rizzo getting into Yankee Stadium. Some symmetry but, there. Yeah, I mean, you know, Rizzo's Rizzo's a few years younger. Either way, uh, I think it bodes really well for free agency, although is Jim Crane the Astros GM? Does anyone know who's... Right now he is. Bagwell? Isn't he involved? <laughs> Wasn't that a whole thing? Um, I, I would say for the free agent pool, this is, uh, this is good news, and I hope this starts to crack the dam uh, just a little more because, I mean, if Jose Abreu's getting that... Um, Let's see what was what was his projected war for next year. Him and him and Rizzo projected for the same war next year. Not that that means anything. Um, man, God, I keep going back to Benintendi. I, I think he's gonna surprise people with the contract he gets. Um, a guy that's played on the biggest stage had a good year last year until he got hurt. Um, 
Wilson Contreras, what do you do with him? He can catch, he can DH. Um, can he play corner outfield? Is, is he the other guy in Houston? Um, excited for free agency to start rolling. Uh, the fit with Abreu seemed to make too much sense. They could upgrade from Yuli Gurriel. Um, they broke the bank, I guess, a little more. But at the same time, if this was two for 40, I wouldn't complain at all. And it's just that with one more year. So uh, he will be a beast in the middle of the Houston lineup. Um, look for them to add. Uh, I think people are expecting them to add another lefty. Um, I guess, who would that be? I hope they're not in on Ben Benintendi because that would... Oh, my God. Imagine Yankee fans if they got Benny. He's <laughs> It'd be a nice little fit for them. They appreciate good defense. Uh, or maybe Josh Bell. I know they were initially linked to him. Um, and in that DH play first base just a few days roll. Did that work? Um, either way, the Houston Astros, you expect them to make the right move because it's all they've done. Jose Abreu. Man, the White Sox are going to miss him too. Yeah. That's I always I say this on talking baseball whenever I have I say it as a compliment to Trevor. You know I don't love to compliment Trevor. He basically said whenever Jose Bray was on a baseball field, like he was one of, if not the best hitter on the field. Uh and I know he just kind of tweeted that out again. Um and the Houston Astros, who just won the World Series, just added that guy instead of Yuli Gurriel, who had a bad year last year. I yeah. I uh, I'm looking at his at his spray chart, trying to do the half Jimmy Lytics real quick. Got to do it. You got to do the games at home, so that would filter some out. But just all his games in Minute Maid Park is like ten more homers. So I think the power, you could see some natural regression back to that pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, and just I, from that, some people were scared about him losing power with age, but I. You know, like you said, some ballpark stuff there. And he was still hitting doubles, and he did everything else. So uh, he had he had an amazing year. So um, if this was two years, I don't think there'd be any eyebrows raised. They threw a thir- third year on, and they get one of the best first basemen in baseball. Currently. He is. And the Astros added it. So when you're thinking about your postseason and your team, who did they add? What did they do last year? The World Series champs just upgraded at first base. A pretty decent one compared to last year. So, all right. That was a little breaking news. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. Uh, We love you. We'll see you guys soon. Go listen to the other stuff. Bye. All right. We're talking American football. No World Cup today. Sorry. Go USA versus Iran. Uh, Thursday. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Cron pod. Thanksgiving day. We start out. With the Bills playing their second straight game in Detroit against the Lions. I think I gave you a little heads up about these Lions. They had won three in a row, and they put themselves in a position to win this one. But they do not win it. The Bills walk away with the win. Tyler Bass field goal at the end of the game. They scored. They tied the game with 23 seconds left. And the Bills were able to get it into field goal range. I mean, good field goal range. A 45-yard field goal. Uh, Josh Allen, 253 in the air, 78 on the ground. Lions are playing really well, man. I I really wish there's a group of teams that are 4-7 and right now. The Lions, the Browns, that if they were 5-6, and I think we'd all be doing a little like, "Eh, if they, oh, but four and seven, if you're a mediocre team, is hard to climb out of. Uh, Bills, eight and three, back to their winning ways. They have won two in a row. Browns, Lions, you kind of expect that. They go to New England. How about that? On the 1st of December. Jeez. Where does the time go, BBD? You know? Man. We were young when we started this. Now no. look at me. Glasses, pullover, look like a golf dad. Everyone always says that. All right, enough of my pity party. Cowboys, Giants. BBD, your Giants. My Giants. Kind of hoping that there was going to be a game here, right? The Cowboys came off the blow to the Vikings. 
Um, you know, I, I started dreaming it up on Thanksgiving. I was like, maybe this is Saquon's, like, signature ever game. Like, takes down the Cowboys to get the Giants to eight and three. He does not. These two, uh, both teams seven and three. Cowboys get the win at home. Um, you know, they were up 28 to 13 after the, uh, the Hendershot, Hendershot touchdown. Yeah, their tight ends were having a day. How about that? They kept cranking out a new one, and they kept doing something. Giants end up scoring at the end to make it a 28-20. to Um, Any thoughts on your G-men, Biebs? Felt pretty good. Giants up at halftime. Um, Another kind of classic game that, uh, you know, you feel pretty good, but you're only up however much. And and then the Cowboys, I think their talent won out in this one. What was that? That was it. A fourth down conversion where they threw it out to Saquon in the flat, and he yeah, dropped that it. That was tough. That you know the way these Giants play football, which is a credit to them because there's not a lot of teams that can play competitive, you know, competitive football, one loss football, or you know, win by a score. Uh, that Saquon won. That took a lot of the wind out of the sails, and that. That hurt. You'd like that one back. That that one hurt. I don't. I still don't know if they win the game, but that that changed it and kind of put it in the ugly spot. The uh, the Adoree Jackson injury is looming large. Just by far the best defensive back. The the combo of him and McKinney being out is brutal, but especially Adoree because uh, his was super avoidable. Got hurt as the punt returner, which in real time everyone was saying. I know our punt return's been bad, but we don't need to sacrifice him for this. Yeah, I mean, the the talking Giants guys have the receipts on that. Yeah. Um, like it, th- everyone was in real time. Like, bad idea. Like a thousand percent. So that that stinks. That being said, for some of the guys they were pulling off the streets, the, the Giants, uh, it's a credit to Dayball. I, I think he's already earned his chops this year. If Giants fans heard they were going to get a seven-win season, I think they would have signed up for that. They're currently seven and four. Uh, so the Cowboys, though, how about them? Eight and three. Dak missed some time this year. Uh, Zeke looked better. Um, I know Pollard looks like an absolute freak show, but Zeke looks better. And, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I think in sports we overthink the formulas that work. Zeke is a really good short yardage back. I mean, if you need two and a half yards, Zeke can get that. Pollard, as explosive as he is, and a couple of the short yardage plays, and I think he got exposed in this game a little bit. That's not what he's good at. I know he's getting, uh, he's breaking tackles and making plays, but that's because he's so explosive right now. Um, but they have that two-headed monster and the way Schultz looks and CeeDee Lamb and Gallup is out there looking okay. Cowboys, 8-3. and three. Uh, Not as good as the 9-2 and two Vikings, who won the nightcap game against the Patriots and Snack Jones. Um, who actually ends up putting up monster numbers. Mm, yeah. uh, 382, uh, two touchdowns, zero picks. Uh, Vikings, they end up 10-point fourth quarter to get them a win. I mean, Kirky puts up a very modern-day Kirk Cousins stat line, a 30 for 37. Man, I don't know. It's it's a good product a lot of the time, but like that used to never exist. Um, Dalvin Cook gets stoned, my guy. Alvin Cook gets stoned. Put that as the headline. Uh, Justin Jefferson uh, just announcing and re-announcing himself as probably the best wide receiver in football with some of the catches he's making, how open he gets. Nine receptions, 139 in a touchdown. Thielen and Hawkinson, too. Um, they each get in the end zone. Patriots, 6-5. and five. Who do they have going the rest of the way? Bills, Cardinals, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Patriots, are they the ultimate barometer team? Mm. Is that what I'm constantly looking for? Like, who's the lose to a good team, beat the bad team? Uh, maybe we'll find out more about the Pats. Let's go to Sunday. God, I, I, still, I still feel actually fat from Thanksgiving. I know a lot of Americans do, but my God. I was eating my way out of convos. Yeah. That's what happens. That was bad. This morning was, yeah, bad morning. That was bad. Browns, Buccaneers, Tom Brady and the Bucks. They win bye week. They're 5-5. Five and five. They're still in first in the division. Keep getting sucked in. And then in Jacoby Brissett's last start, 
for the Cleveland Browns. The Browns win in OT, 23-17. I don't know, man. Uh, that division still stinky stinks stinks uh, for Tampa Bay and the Bucks. I'm they, they're still in first. I already I already told you ignore him and Rogers, um, but they were in first, and that's what we keep saying. Still are. I'm gonna continue to ignore them. Uh, I'm glad my guy Chris Godwin is going uh, for fantasy reasons, but otherwise, the Buccaneers, man. I mean this Browns team. Four and seven with, after the win with their backup quarterback. Nick Chubb is elite, but the Buccaneers as a team just aren't good. And I I feel like this ends with the first round of the playoffs. The Bucs are going to play someone like the Cowboys, and everyone's going to say, oh, Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady, who, by the way, has never lost to the Cowboys. Fun fact. Um, but I... Please remind me to not buy in. If the Buccaneers are in the playoffs, please remind me to not buy in. Because they are... They're 5-6. and six. Atlanta's 5-7. and seven. Carolina's 4-8. and eight. New Orleans is 4-8. and eight. The fact that Carolina and New Orleans are around anything is, like, disgusting. Those teams are not good. Um, congrats to the Browns as they get Deshaun Watson back. Chris Rose? Bengals beat the Titans. This was a fun one, right? I uh, I think I ended up on the wrong side if I listened back to last episode because the Titans are at home, and I believe what what they're doing with the program there. That's my new favorite phrase. Um, one of my buddies said that when he was talking about his fantasy team, and it made me laugh. Like this was this was a big week for our program. <laughs> like you're you're running a fantasy team, dude. Uh, but that's why it worked. Bengals are back to 7-4, and, and that's why this game was tough for me because you guys know I was trying to drink the Bengals Kool-Aid even, even when their win-loss record wasn't looking as reflective as what you want. Uh, there, uh, tailback tandem. That's a cool phrase, Jake. Um, excuse me. It was just the Pirine show. Uh, Samaje Pirine went nuts. Uh, he had the touchdown running. Oh, I thought he had the receiving in this one. That was not. T. Higgins uh, went nuts for him. And Derrick Henry gets shut down. Two yards per carry. C- credit to the Bengals' defense. I know you don't normally think about them a lot when you think of the Bengals. You think of the high-powered offense. But they're doing this without Chase. Um, well, I think they are getting back next week. Yeah, th- th- there was a chance they were going to get him for this one. Uh, Bengals, 7-4 and four after being 0-2. Uh, they're really figuring out. They'll have a big one with the Chiefs. Man, they have Chiefs and Bills on their schedule the rest of the way. Some Browns, Bucks, Patriots. Bucks, Patriots on the road. Not super easy for the Bengals, but I, I do think with how the NFL this year as a whole, I think defenses have taken a leap. Um, like, there are some really good defenses out there that are are keeping games tight, or they know what they're doing, or maybe it's bad quarterback play. The high-level quarterback play, I saw people listing it as Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. Um, You know, think about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who we'll get to them in a minute, but, like, uh, some of the teams that you just think of naturally lighting it up aren't week in, week out, and if Bengals and Burrow, who just won a tough one on the road against Tennessee... I think I was looking for more actual Super Bowl contenders, and I think the Bengals are playing their way into that. Uh, speaking of, Dolphins roll on the Texans, uh, up 30 to nothing at half. They took their foot off the gas uh, and let Houston, H-Town, Funky Town punch a couple in, but they're a machine, and uh, I'll give credit to where credit's due. Tua is basically undefeated. We had our guy Panic run it, rush us through that. Um they're 8-3. I think we looked at the schedule after they lost uh, They lost three in a row without Tua. That Steelers, not a good team. Lions, nope. Bears, nope. Browns, nope. Texans, nope. Said this was going to happen. Let's find out at San Francisco. Let's find out at the Chargers. Chargers are kind of a barometer team, right? Uh, at the Bills, three straight road games. Niners are also like the Bengals trying to enter that next class of NFL teams. 
Bills are there. Chargers want to, but they're the barometer until they're not the barometer. Um, and then, so you know what the Dolphins are going to do? They're probably going to go one and two in that stretch, which, by the way, not fully shots fired. Like, on the road at the Niners right now is really tough. Um, at the Bills, that's really tough. At the Chargers, not easy. I, you know, if you had to bet, that's the one game they get. And then they finish Packers, Patriots, Jets. So, if I had to guess, we'll be sitting here uh, on 1-9, January 9th. Um, they'll have won their last three games. They will be like 11-6. and six, And we'll be talking about a really good Dolphins team. Um, again, they are above a barometer. I thought they'd be close. Closer to that, barometer is apparently the word of the day. Never even actually use it. Yeah, I've never actually used it. I know barometer as a sports word. Yeah. Not a weather word? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I technically had one in my house. And one day I was like, oh, yeah, that that is a barometer. I was like, oh, well, you've never used it. She's like, yeah, it just is pretty. It's like a decorative. Let's see what the Finns have in the coming weeks. Hey, they're eight and three. They're five and one at home. I won't take any of that away from them. I'm just depending their playoff matchup. We'll see if I'm bought in. Tua, a lot of you know who have been listening for a long time, skeptical of lefty quarterbacks just because there was none. When he plays, he's he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've seen in a while. The timing, the accuracy is very impressive. So I have the Dolphins on a higher bar than I did coming into the season, but. Let's see who they get matched up with in the playoffs. And the fact that Dolphins are going to the playoffs, it should all still be celebrated. So I'll get the negative tone out of there. Speaking of negative tone out of there, Mike White. Maybe put him on the title of the episode. My goodness. Sending New York into a frenzy. Really funny. A lot of moving parts here with the Zach Wilson. He gets benched and the Bears are awful. Hmm. The Bears are awful. Like... What they've been allowing, you know, we we kind of have one of those things, Bears and Ravens, you just naturally, instinctually, football fan, like, their defense is solid. The Bears are awful. Awful. And they didn't have fields in this game. This was the ultimate get-right game for your broken young quarterback, a la Zach Wilson. And they still went to Mike White, and he lit it up. And guess what? People are starting to dig up a lot of Mike White stats that are really good, that are a lot better than Zach Wilson's. Zach Wilson's starting to get compared to Jamarcus Russell. Ooh. Their stats are eerily similar. The Jets are 7-4. and four. The New York Jets are 7-4. and four. Think about that. Think about that. Uh, and remaining on their schedule, Vikings and Bills on the road, those are going to be tough. Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks, Dolphins to end it. What will that game mean? I mean, some of the stuff. Garrett Wilson, I believe he has four touchdown receptions this year, um, and I believe two are with Mike White and two are with Flacco. Hmm. There's some of the stats and information that is coming out Roll Mike White. Uh, He's walking into two tough ones. At Vikings and Bills. I mean, they set records about how good they were against the Bears. The Bears are historically bad. But I I think as we've gone to teams... Let's see, how do I want to phrase this? As we've gone to teams getting more and more analytical, it makes sense... And it's not, it's not strictly tied to analytics, but it makes more sense to take care of the guys you're invested in. Uh, and I think you could say that across baseball, basketball, football, whatever. Uh, you know, draft picks are assets. And this has happened all over baseball. Like when, when we talked to Blevins and Moylan about, you know, how relievers and guys, other guys besides top picks, how they're treated in the minors, it's pretty wild. Because they, they are not getting graded on achievement. Like, they are, do this, 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 and this, and then we'll send you up to double-A, do this, this, and this, and this, and hopefully by the time you're at triple-A, you have molded into the prospect you want. At a certain point, results have to matter, and Mike White's results are so much better than Zach Wilson's. 
So the Jets are rolling that out there. We will see. It's funny thinking about the potential gauntlet they have running into the next couple weeks. If they lose those games and Mike White doesn't look as good, which he won't because they're playing better teams, will they try to take that as an opportunity to get Zach Wilson in the mix? Or are they kind of over it? And it feels like a lot of people are kind of over it. Speaking of not being over it, the Washington Commanders are 7-5. and five. What? I know we did this one or two weeks ago about team records and who's an actual contender and who you're worried about. No one's actually worried kind of about the Commanders. If your team was playing the Commanders in a playoff game, you'd be like, all right, I, I like where we're yeah, at. Lucky draw. Let's go. Heineke and the boys uh, are out of their dome right now. I think they're 6-1. and one. He keeps buying new pairs of shoes. They have a goal line interception of the Falcons. This is another team with a sneaky... If you remember, the Commanders were supposed to have an incredible, like, all-world defense a year or two ago, and then they were just awful, like, awful, awful. It was one, like, they were getting drafted the first fantasy football defense, and they were horrific. They're starting to find it. Heineke's doing enough because he plays a style of quarterback where you make plays. You're going to get some of the third downs. He's going to make the aggressive passes to McLaurin and, and some of their other skill guys who are kind of underrated. He buys a new pair of shoes. They get another win. They're 7-5. and five. And I guess that's my thing. The 7-4 and four Bengals and the 7-5 and five Commanders, it's similar, right? But also not at all. Um, and it just feels like there's a lot of that going on in the NFL right now. And another team that you want to not hold to those standards... My Falcons lose on the road. They're one and five on the road. They win at home. They run the ball. The Ravens. Before Just, you move on, sure. You see Brian Robinson's hat. I did see that. I did see that. We support that. Uh, I've had different groups of friends reach out to me about big hats since, uh, and at some point I will be wearing one of those big hats. So something to look forward to for all of us. Uh, it's a big fat, big fat. Well, yikes. Still thinking about Thanksgiving. The Ravens. Four losses this year, including now one to the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Trevor Lawrence leads basically two game-winning drives. The Ravens, all four of their losses, they've blown two score leads in the second half. I don't know, man. Uh, it's bizarre. I, I mean, the Bravens have one of the better arguments to be undefeated, but how can you believe them? You thought their defense was solving some of their problems, um, you know, trading for a linebacker and, and just general improvement. And then the Jaguars drive it down their throat. Uh, one of my buddies, Sheedy, shout out, officiated his wedding. Um, he, uh, My buddies like to refer to him as a jinx or a melt when it comes to sports bets and things like that. Uh, literally right before the two game-winning drives by Trevor Lawrence, he says, when do we start talking about Trevor Lawrence as a bust? And then he did that. The timing was literally incredible. <laughs> Our buddies were pretty shook by it. Uh, and good for Trevor Lawrence <laughs> and the Jaguars coming off a of bye week. Uh, they're four and seven. Um, and yeah, I hey, them and the Lions, that's going to be a fun football game next week. I can promise you that. Lawrence needed a signature win. That's kind of what my guy Sheedy was alluding to. And yeah, nobody really knows what to do with Trevor Lawrence because he technically had a full year, but it was a full year under the worst NFL coach ever in Urban Meyer. You need to just throw that out. I'm considering him a rookie, if not like worse. He was like tainted. <laughs> like honestly, honestly. So uh, one of the Jaguars players came out in their press conference and said like, how bad Urban was and how Trevor's still, like, getting out from under that. They're with Doug Peterson. They go for two. They get the win. Uh, happy for Jags fans. Happy for Lawrence. Ravens, you guys could have, like, nine wins so easily. Instead, you're seven and four. Bunch of devastators. I don't know what to do with that yet. I mean, going into the postseason, that can be the ultimate, like, actually... These guys are awesome and kill everyone? Or 
they're just setting themselves up for some sort of disaster. And Lamar's online telling guys to, uh, I think he said, suck some dick. I It felt very not 2022, but it also, like, everyone kind of let it fly. We'll laugh about it this time, but... Like, the commenter was kind of being annoying, so people kind of let him go. Uh, good for you, Jaguars, 4-7. and seven. If the Jaguars... Again, those four and seven teams. If the Jaguars were five and six, could we get a little flirty? Browns? No, no, no. <laughs> um, I believe that takes the early slate, which brings us into the afternoon slate on Sunday. Oh, there was one more. Uh, Broncos get beat by the Panthers. For those audio only, I'm... Hands up, hands up emoji. The guy that beat Michael Jordan in that coin game or whatever they played in the documentary. <laughs> but it, they stink. Hackett has to go. Wilson maybe um, is salvageable, but not right now. Uh, let him get another coach and see. Because he invested enough. Because, yes, they got beat by the Panthers and Sam Darnold and Dante Foreman. Um, and they should have. And they did. Because they're, they're so bad. They're so bad. Chargers beat the Cardinals. 25-24. to 24. Chargers with the late drive and two-point conversion themselves to get the win on the road. Cardinals drop to 4-8. and eight. They're throwing Kingsbury under the bus. I have some Kingsbury receipts that I could bust out. I won't. Um, he wasn't good at Texas Tech. That being said, I mean, they salvaged something in Arizona for a little while. Kyler just seems to run out of steam every year. I did see the funny internet joke going around that Kyler is 0-3 since Call of Duty came out. That's tough. That's tough. Cardinals, 1-6 at home. 3-2 on the road. 1-6 at home, Cardinals. What is you doing, baby? Feels like we all know how that's going to end. Chargers, 6-5. Herbert leads a game-winning drive. I don't know. You just end up disappointing everyone at the worst times, Chargers. For a while, it felt like, you know, and Cardinals were up. It felt like they were, they were going to somehow pull out this win, be, what, that make them five and seven. And just, this game the whole time just felt like such a mid-off. Oh, yeah. It's just so mid. Two teams that seemingly find a way to lose. Um We'll see. I'm trying to find the next Chargers. Ah, Chargers at Raiders next week. They could easily lose that. Let's see. They have the Broncos, so that's a win. Oh, they finished Colts, Rams, Broncos. So, okay. So there will be a Chargers hype train at the end of the season. Maybe that's what I'll. Maybe next week I'll summon up a what's going to happen in the NFL and just be so fucking wrong. Whoa. <laughs> Hard F. Didn't expect that. Speaking of Raiders, Seahawks, here's your 4-7 and seven team that wishes so bad they had one more win because I think we would be drinking Raiders Kool-Aid. Josh Jacobs is playing out of his mind, including the game-winning 80-plus yard rush that everyone missed because uh, Red Zone mm-hmm. had to flip off the channel. And they were... What's... Uh, What's the clock show? 60 minutes. I hate 60 minutes. I hope I'm never that old. Um, Sorry to all our 60 minutes listeners. I I was on the bus. I was red zoning the whole way, having a grand old time. Jacob's on my fantasy team Mm. for uh, the office league. So I'm I'm sitting there really watching for him. They're like, ah, we got to let you go. And it wasn't immediately an option on the NFL app for me. I was like, all right, well. Going away for a few, and then I find out that's how it ended. I, I knew he scored the touchdown, but, like, this morning, I was like, wait, it was an 86-yard win? Yeah, insane, insane. I mean, it should like have it been, fe- like— It felt like more points than I thought. I was like, was it a catch? Should have been, like, the highlight of the day, and then pretty much everyone missed an 86-yard game-winning Still touchdown. Still haven't seen the video. In overtime. Um, insane. Seahawks dropped to 6-5. and five. Yeah. Um, let's see how their season winds down, because, hey, they— they still scored in this game. The offense is still doing fun things. Um, Raiders, man. If they were 5-6, and six, a lot of people would be on that. Devontae's doing his thing. 
Chiefs, they beat the Rams 26-10. Rams uh, are playing Perkins at quarterback. Bryce Perkins, for those not familiar. Um, eh, uh, No, he didn't. I was going to say he didn't look bad. He didn't look good either. Um, Chiefs are 9-2. Yep. A couple nice throws. Yes, and then I looked at the stat line and and some of it. And, I, you know, if you're the Chiefs, did you really bring your A game on this? Did you need to? Rams are 3-8. and Yikes. Happy you got the opportunity. Yeah, knock yourself out, Perkins. Go nuts. Have fun. Niners. They win 13 to nothing after all their skill positions seem like the... They're just going to be world beaters the rest of the way. They show why. I think everyone's going to be drinking Niners Kool-Aid soon. They shut out the Saints. It's at home. The Saints offense has has been uh, poor itself. Uh, but the Niners, the fact that they have that in the bag, they've held their opponents scoreless the last four second halves. Um, you know, this was a bad offensive game for them, uh, and they still won easily and, more importantly, covered... Uh, and then Eagles-Packers, how about that one? A little Sunday night football shootout affair. Uh, Rodgers wincing as much as a person can wince on the field. Jordan Love comes in. He actually looks okay. Give me all of that controversy. Uh, I don't I don't know what it is. I'm normally not that guy, but just pump it in my veins. I will take all the Jordan Love gossip. And is he next? And where's Rodgers going? Um, Packers are 4-8. It's over. Eagles are 10-1. Um, I mean, Hurts, 157 on the ground, 153 through the air. It's powerful. It's speedy. It, I mean, they feel like when you're playing someone in Madden and you can't do anything, like they have that vibe. Like Hurts drops back to pass and you're like, okay, A.J. Brown was open. Hurts drops back to pass and he runs for 11 yards. They hand it off to Miles Sanders who goes 21 for a buck 43. They're the real deal. They keep dominating on the line. I guess we'll see if something goes on with the defense. I think they just knew they were going to win this game against the Packers, so they they foot off the gas a little bit. Oh, laptop's making noise at me. Uh, what's tonight's game, Biebs? Steelers, tonight's Colts. Ho! Nope. nope. Thank you, guys. We love you. See you midweek. I think. <laughs>